this podcast almost didn't happen because I thought I was going to be taking a nap with Liam (laughs) based off of my experience last night. So I was so determined. Do you know when he like wakes up and you're like, I'm not bringing him into the room. Mm -hmm. Usually we just cave in. We're like, but I was like, you know, I'm determined. I was, I was slightly awake because I took a shower late last night. And so I go into the room. I'm, you know, I I pick him up, rock him. He seems to be going to sleep, but I go to put him down immediately pops up. And I remembered, oh, he didn't have Baba. So we go and we warm up Baba. You know, I, I didn't realize that until like half an hour into it. And so I warm it up. He, you know, sucks it down. Then, you know, put him back to sleep. I'm like, great. He seems like his head is heavy. This is this is it. I'm going to put him down. Nope. Pops up again. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I'm climbing in the bed with him. So I climbed in the bed with him <laughs> at this point. Which is like your specialty of sleeping in Liam's and bed I mean his new his new mattress well not so new anymore but when we got him that older mattress it's so comfortable it's actually don't mind it so I go into bed with him and now it's 12 30 so now I've committed an hour and a half and I'm just determined I'm like you know what this is happening you're not coming into the room with us <laughs> so I lay down he's like looking at me holding my face so I'm like I gotta pretend I'm sleeping so I'm like I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping. Sure enough, hour later, I wake up at 1.30 <laughs> and I had fell fall asleep only to see him staring at me. I was like, Liam, you better go to sleep. And so I'm like, go to sleep now. And I just like lay him down and he <laughs> lays down and I just climb out the, the crib and just walk right out. And I, I look back at the camera. He's still laying down. I'm like, oh my God, that worked. So I go get into the room. Brian, you're like passed out, I was snoring. So tired. I'm like, great. And then at this point now, I'm just mad. I'm like, Brian's sleeping. Liam's watching me sleep. <laughs> I'm sleeping in a crib. And I, <laughs> I, checked the cam- I checked the camera and he's still laying there. I'm like, oh, okay. I set the camera on. I pass out for like an hour only to hear him say, mommy, mommy. And I shake Brian. I'm like, you better go get your son. <laughs> I was like, he has, he will not let me sleep. So you better get him. And you're like, what's happening? He's like, I'm going to see if he calls me again. And sure enough, he says, mommy, mommy. And you go to get him and. I pick him up and he goes, and I go to change him because he's soaking wet. Uh, his diaper's so soaking wet. And he just looks at me and goes, mommy i was like we're gonna go see mommy but you need to go to sleep mommy needs to sleep i was like what happened i put you down and you were fine i love when his head gets heavy and you're like yes this child is sleeping this is gonna be good sleep good sleep and then that's when he woke up and you you know hours later and that's when you got him so i brought him in the room immediately perks his head up he sees you as soon as i go to like put him down i'm like you go to sleep right now (laughs) And then it's all a blur after that. I don't really know what happened. Like, we, then we, I woke up at 8 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. We eventually went to sleep. That was probably my lowest point. I just was just, I lost all patience. Because I was like, I was so patient for the first two and a half hours. <laughs> I was like, okay, no. And now I'm done. Brian, every, if, I, if mommy doesn't sleep, daddy doesn't sleep. So I was waking him up. So all the mommies out there who have like, you know, either a daddy or a mommy lying next to them, wake them up. And make sure that they do their part. I did. T- I put two hours, two and a half hours into it. I was done. <laughs> I'm Fatima, and I'm Brian, and this is while you were napping, 
a show about parenthood and our growing family. Every episode is recorded during our son's nap. Today we're talking about being millennial parents, aka perennials. I was so torn on on wanting to do an episode about millennials because I feel like there are so many articles about millennials because there are so many articles about millennials. <laughs> And they're mostly negative. (laughs) I mean, if you just, if you think about the time that we're in where the information is more readily available, so there's more studies and Mm -hmm. more avenues to put things on about us. So, yeah, I mean, most of the tone, I feel like, is a little bit negative, but there's some good, there's some Mm -hmm. good out there. You know, just as a recap, millennials are are known for being, or I should say are um, portrayed for being selfish, spoiled, uncommunicative, over-communicative, addicted to our trophies, which why did we get rid of trophies? Like participation. <laughs> I got more of the participation ribbon. But what's the part? <laughs> I don't understand that. We always had first place, second place, third place. And if you weren't one of the top three, you were a loser. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm like, no, I totally got a participation ribbon. No. I, I did. <laughs> I was not the most athletic as a child. So, yeah, during Phil Day, participation ribbon. I don't get that. Um, we're addicted to coffee, phones, internet, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, there's so much out there. Well, I guess maybe just to make it clear what is defined as millennial because we don't want these two younger folks or two older <laughs> folks to be saying they're millennials, but they're born between the year of 1981 and 1996. And that's sometimes up in the year i feel like people don't really know exactly between like 1980 and then they say 2000 but i think for the most part everyone says between 1981 1996 um 19 i think in the 90s i just feel like after 89 which is our year there the 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 generations the years after that are so different mm-hmm. so true and in 1990s, they coined the term millennial for this generation, but we're also known as Gen Y and Gen Me because we're so selfish. Um, but I actually prefer the millennial title. Yeah, it's just, it sounds more sparkly <laughs> and exciting. Um, and as I mentioned before, we're most we're the most studied generation to date. To date, everyone loves us. We love to read and like visiting public libraries i think that's probably something than any other generation i mean i think we're more environmentally conscious so yeah Mm -hmm. why not share some books stop killing trees and i think i i think i would say you know because i like reading i know you like reading Uh, that's like on from our parents getting us into reading and so give them a little shout out yeah totally thanks mom Um, speaking of like not wanting to kill trees, but we are accused of killing everything from mayo to malls <laughs> to golf, which no, I think single handedly in our household, we keep the mayo industry alive and mm-hmm. thriving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are killing golf. Maybe our, maybe our household is killing sports altogether, but yeah, we are. <laughs> and, and malls, I don't know if they were ever a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just talking about malls and and how you know they're just you know the coronavirus is not doing anyone any favor but they're closing more frequently now across the country and we were saying well why why are malls you know 
not working today and and I was saying well as a kid you went to the mall to escape your your family to be with your friends and now you have a smartphone and FaceTime and so you don't need to run off to the mall you could sit in your bedroom and FaceTime your friends it's true you know hanging out in food court going to the movies that just doesn't happen anymore we're also financially conscious we contribute to retirement our 401ks higher than gen x and baby boomers this is probably because pensions are dried up and gone and we don't get pensions that's true and probably we need to start saving a lot more to at least stop working at 80 Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, i mean i think i'm i'm prepared to work until i'm 95 seriously um because you know we are at a financial disadvantage median net worth today for our generation is $3,000 less than than the generation before us. And that's because of increasing costs of life with the same hourly and salaries and um, the amount of college debt that we have. Because in order to become an intern, you need a bachelor's degree and 15 years of experience. Yeah, that's the only way you're going to get it. And it's unpaid. <laughs> we are big on self-improvement. Um, we're the generation that really cares about mental health, physical health. We're better educated. 40% have bachelors or higher, you know, for that internship. And 30% um, of Gen X. Mm -hmm. The generation before us. Um, So we're 10% higher in terms of our education. We are politically minded and politically active. So we're out there fighting the fight. Yeah, which is so important. You just have to, the worst thing is to be an uneducated voter, right? So you have to get involved. You have to get really nitty gritty and seeing how these policies are affecting you. Um, Speaking of self-improvement, we are the, we are stressed out. We are the highest, we have the highest stress level of any generation. I feel like this bullet point was written for me. (laughs) And we're causing us to be very anxious. So we're the first generation raised, raised on the internet and social media. We, we came of age in one of the worst recessions in modern history. And we're still grappling with increased economic uncertainty. We're just anxious AF. I'm, yeah, I just go to think about it. I'm like, okay, my student loan to get into college was pretty easy, got approved. The next year, it was like I searched multiple lenders because no one was allowing for student loans. And yeah, that was something that really, really, really stressed, stressed me out because, you know, it wasn't like I had terrible credit. It just was a terrible time to even try and lend. Mm-hmm. I remember so many people had issues and then even in the workforce trying to get jobs and then you know when on, we were starting our jobs hearing people who had graduated a few years before us still looking for jobs so it's just, it's just like an awful time and you know <laughs> we're yeah. slowly trying to get through this current time um but we do represent a massive portion of the workforce and that we are dedicated to our work sometimes a little too dedicated mm-hmm. i can relate <laughs> <laughs> Just working long hours, working from home, the mobility of work, you know, flexibility really kind of changed things a lot with flexibility because then you just started working a lot more Mm -hmm. because you can just work just about anywhere, whether you're on vacation, visiting people. Yeah. And today, like the time I would spend commuting is when I'm logging on to work. So I feel like even today we're working longer, um, having to work remote. Um, But speaking of helping the planet, a quarter of millennials are vegetarian or vegan. So you yep. can check out liliesandloafers.com like, for some vegetarian dishes. <laughs> I need that. Like my, that's a couple of my sisters alone, like in my house. I think like 25%, <laughs> 25% of us, we are vegetarian. Um, and then we do love the internet and we love our phones. 
I don't disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. I'm a little obsessed with my phone. And that's why sometimes I have to be a little more conscious with putting it down. But I mean, your phone is everything. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, you work on it, you entertainment, your phone, your camera. So it's everything. I'll own it. And, you know, and as parents and millennial parents, which this is a word, perennials, embrace technology in parenting. And millennial parents, perennials, 36 million Americans are millennial parents. And that's a household with at least one kid. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. Um, You know, as I said, we embrace technology as a parenting tool and 96 of perennial 96% of per- perennials agree that they use technology to help them parent. I think that's so true for us. Yeah, I mean whether it's like giving us a break, <laughs> whether it's like educational show, whether it's looking up things for us to just know about developmental things, activities we can do with our son, we do use the internet a lot um, as a parenting tool. You know, I would say, would you count the snoo as, you know, that's technology, right? Yeah. I mean, it was the, it's the first and only smart bassinet. Maybe it's not the only one now. Maybe some people jumped on the bandwagon, but I remember when so many of our family had came over to look at the snoo and which is a smart, if anyone doesn't know what it is, it's the smart bassinet that rocked your baby side to side ever so slightly, but you have multiple speeds just in case your baby might be a little bit more you know if it wakes up yeah and it also plays white noise and so if any if you don't know inside the mom the mommy's belly it sounds like a vacuum in there so it's really really loud but very constant loud you know sound and so that's what they're used to so the quietness you know doesn't allow them to sleep because they're used to that um so for the first they say for the first year Liam's now almost like two and a half and he still he still loves it and like i've heard parents who use the white noise now they use it for them to go to sleep it is something about it once you get used to it at first it drove me crazy um but like it plays that in there so that it soothes the baby for you um and and he did not want to lay or sleep anywhere other than like our chest so you know when you're exhausted it could have been a dangerous situation we just you decided to take it upon yourself to just order this this. it's not cheap but it is probably one of the Mm -hmm. best investments we've made Mm -hmm. and there's i just remember being some nights where we got so used to him being in our arms sleeping that we that when he was in the crib and this is before we got this i don't forget if this was the snoo or before or after i still remember the first time i i freaked out but he you know he would be in his crib and one time i woke up searching the blankets like oh my god where where is he thinking that i was like holding him and fell asleep and he was in his crib Mm -hmm. in the bassinet so like and then we had the snoo and you popped your head up and you like woke me up you're like where's Liam? where's it where's the baby and i'm like he's in the snoo (laughs) go back to sleep we just got so used to taking turns staying up and having him sleep in our arms because that was the only way that he would sleep but i think that was the first piece of technology yeah, and like, and and speaking of technology, like we're not we're more concerned about like the safe content that we're putting in front of our children more than the content overload, and, and this can be explained by like just the shows and stuff that we decide to like put on the TV or the iPad. 
um, there's, I won't name names of the shows, but this is the show with the four animals and they learn all these words and it's like super educational and our son loves it. And he's like half of his vocabulary came from Mm -hmm. that show. Word party. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. This word party. If anyone guessed it, I I think every one of our friends who are parents, their kid watches that show. Mm -hmm. And then it's just like, and he's learning Mandarin. Yeah. He's learning like, he'll say the word in English and then in Mandarin again. I'm like, wow, you're a genius. And then soon he'll be like (laughs) cursing me out in a different language. Great. (laughs) At least I can't understand what you're saying. Um, and then there's the show where there's this little rat that literally she calls it a rat. It's called the hobgoblin. My mom calls it a little rat too. It just gets into all of this trouble and mm-hmm. he will be dying laughing on the couch, like hysterically laughing is because like he, the, the little rat creature like pulled the orange from the, the pile of oranges and everything fell down and he's just giggling <laughs> like his head off. But, Every time he watches that show, he does something like bad afterwards because he like thinks it's funny and he mm-hmm. wants to get a rise out of you. Like the, oh my, when he was blowing the sauce out of the noodle. Oh like, my where gosh. Where did you get that from? He's like making a whistling sound. Blowing the noodle like it was a whistle. Like the penne noodles. He's like blowing it. And I'm like, what? And then I'm sitting down watching the show with him one day. And sure enough, this little rat creature was doing exactly that. And so I was like, <laughs> you know what? We're done. He constantly asks to watch it, but I'm like, you know what? I'd rather have you watch two hours of Word Party than watch, you know, 10 minutes of this show, which is <laughs> 10 minute episodes of this mm-hmm. thing. And especially now, like we're just more, you know, I would agree that we are more concerned with the educational content than content overload because when mommy and daddy have to work all day, you're going to have a lot more content overload in your day. But as long as it's educational, then, you know, it's okay with us. Um, And because of the internet, parents today know more about child development than ever before. It's all at our fingertips. And you have Google is the new grandparent, the new neighbor, the new nanny. And, you know, we can weed out what works for us, what works for our kids. And then, you know, we're also cognizant that not all advice is equal and not all kids are equal in terms of parenting strategy. Um, and so we're able to just kind of sift through all this information at our fingertips and figure out what works best for us. Yeah. I mean, like you go to the pediatrician, they give you a list of things that your child should be doing. And then I'm I'm like, I think that was all people had back then before they had Google and they're like, okay, I have just this list to go off of. If my child doesn't do it, it, my child's behind. And like now with having Google, it allows you to understand. I mean, you should ask your pediatrician as well. Yes, we're not saying you, ignore you, your you pediatrician. Know, <laughs> but like you can see that like it, it varies. Like it's you, you just not even so much the information of what people are doing, but mm-hmm. just seeing the different ages and what they're doing, whether it's an Instagram post or something like that. You're like, oh, that child's doing that at that age and that one's doing and they're all fine. Like if you like it's such a wide range. It's like from six months to three years, your child should be doing X, Y, Z. And it's like, wow. So they have a lot of time in, in order to do that. So, um, you know, although there are some parents who are really bad on the playground. So I'm just going to warn people where they're like, how oh, old goodness. is your child? Um, oh, he's so cute. Like, how old is he? And then everyone uses months like, you know, you got to be exact because 
24 months versus 23 months. You can't Oof. just round up to two years because you have still that one more month in order to meet that developmental mm-hmm. milestone that they've set for their child. Mm-hmm. Um, so do be weary of those parents, especially. Ooh, and it's so judgmental. Yeah, and I, like, oh. I love shaving off a few months. Yeah, (laughs) Liam's over. He's over here and saying "Nunai," like "Nunai," which is milk in Mandarin, and uh, they're like, "Oh, how old is he?" And I love just like taking off like four months. He's he's eighteen months. Yeah, yeah, he's eighteen months. It's like wow, and it works because he's like he's he's like a thin, tall kid, so he looks a little younger than Mm -hmm. maybe what he is. Oh, I just I love it. I'm such a troll on the playground. Yeah. I, don't, um, I just don't. I just don't give just those, those parents <laughs> not just on the playground. <laughs> so true. Um, but you know, with all this information out there, you know, and being able to sift it through your pediatrician, um, I th- a lot of perennials are confused on you know what is the right way to parent. You know, as a generation that's so so studied, and also with a huge target on our backs with you're spoiled you're not spoiled you're not talking to anyone you're talking to everyone they're just like well what should we do because then everything we do we're going to be judged on we're going to be judged by our parents or you're going to like mess up your kid or anything like that yeah i'm sorry it's just i i read this really great book that my sister gave me called revolutionary mothering and it's just kind of just a bunch of short stories you know just telling people about their experience and like you know so and so might be the impact on their on their children there's never you're never going to do you're never going to parent a hundred percent the right way so mm-hmm. you're, you're going to quote unquote f up your kid in some certain way but there's one thing that kids are so resilient and i think that as long as you own up to those flaws or and you have those honest conversations don't kill yourself with trying to be perfect because you're not yeah and it's okay embrace it mm-hmm. and sometimes some perennials maybe more on the younger side, but maybe more of, you know, our age or a little older millennials, they feel like their kids who aren't old enough to have kids. And I'm not sure if that's because of parenting from their parents. Um, but they feel like that the society constantly looks at them as kids. And so they don't feel like, wait, do I, am I old enough to be a parent? But I'm like 30 something years old. Why don't I feel like, why do I still feel like a kid having kids? I think it just goes into the whole confusing, like, what should I, what should I do as a parent? However, this generation, perennials, we are empowered to do our own thing because we have everything at our fingertips. We can sift through what works and what doesn't work for us. And I think that's so true for you and I tag teaming and saying, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to ignore judgmental behavior. And we're just going to do what works for us. Yeah. Just knowing that you have the options, you know, seeing that we have all the information out there, there's different ways of parenting your child. It's like even within the community, you might have several different ways and then you don't know what someone's doing in the next community over. And so having the internet, having that information, you're like, I'm going to try that. Like I'm empowered. I have the information. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, but we, we also fear that our kids will become memes, hiding their faces and not sharing at all in some cases, which is very interesting given the era that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a generation that is cognizant about making sure our kids' faces are not on the internet um, because we grew up with the internet and we see sometimes the evil that comes out of it and all the, the trolling that happens. Uh, this generation is very aware of what can happen to a photo. And so we're taking, we're being extra precautious with um, photos of our kids online. And I think that's something that rings true with us. Yeah. I mean, we 
have quote unquote our rules, <laughs> um, which is quote really, unquote, we have so many of them. You know, I rather my, you know, we'll talk about this more in our next podcast about, you know, Sharon Ting and, and, and how to do that and our, our thoughts on, on that. So, um, stay, that's a little shameless plug to, you know, join us for that conversation. But, you know, we just, we're just very cognizant of what we put out there. And if anyone, if Liam's going to get mad at about, Something that was put on the internet, he'll get mad at us and not really anyone else because we've kind of limited that. Mm-hmm. And then we have the power to take it down. Yes. As opposed to making someone else take it down. This this next one is was big for us because we hit the the gender of of our, our son. Mm-hmm. Um, but gender roles are, are being challenged um, as well as co-parenting. So, oh, sorry, gender roles. Well, I would also see that, say that this is also kind of like just making sure we're not fitting into that structure of pink and, and, and blue for boy or girl. Like we're, you know, so that was something that we wanted to make sure that we didn't put that image on our child, but also in the way we parent as well with the mm-hmm. conventional, you know, the husband does this and the mom does this, which is probably was stereotypical, but husband didn't do anything besides go bring some money into the house and mom did everything else, right? Cook, mm-hmm. Clean, took care, took care of the kids, but we're big on co-parenting. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's, and I would agree that it's not always 50-50, it's 60-40, 70-30, and it's just we... And in cases of last night, it was like 80-20. <laughs> wow. I put him down and he was fine. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> but when he gets in his moods, there are some nights where he'll be like, dad, 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 dad. And I have no hesitation. And I go, I'm like, and I hear him. Ryan. I go get him. <laughs> but then I come into the room and he's like, mama, mommy, 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 mommy. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and then and then he's just all over you. You're like, you need to put him down. I'm like, well, he just wants your attention. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're huge on co-parenting and making sure that we are doing 50-50. And when, you know, when he was born, you took all you took care of all the imports and I took care of all the exports <laughs> when it came to um, feeding I and changing him. I, lo- I just love that analogy. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but it's so true. And in, in our generation, perennials are are challenging gender roles and what it means to be a parent because a parent is just not mom and dad. It's mom and mom, dad and dad and parent one, parent two, stepmom, stepdad, step parent, bonus parent. Etc. Blended families. Blended families. Yeah, all kinds of things. Um, but, you know, one thing that I was really happy to see on the list and what we're known for, um, for doing is spending more time as a family than any previous generation. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge because, you know, we are, we do make up a huge part of the workforce, yet we're able to spend more time as a family than other generations. I think that goes into one, maybe some companies allowing, you know, that flexible work arrangement to happen, but also um, our generation saying, no, like I saw my parents work really hard, really late. I'm probably going to do the same, but I want to be able to be with my family. And I thought that was great to see that. And just on the onset, like setting the tone, like you taking and having the option to take parental leave was huge. You know, we set the tone that we are in this from the beginning. And so we've just kept that momentum going Mm -hmm. and it's crazy because the u.s is the only country like modernized industrialized country in the world without a maternity leave policy for all industries don't get me started on paternity and you know honestly we should just have a universal parental leave 
but we are the only industrialized country that does not have a type of leave set for parents and it's really upsetting and and as parents we are so thankful that our our previous employers had a policy even our current employers have a universal policy that allows us to take time and to you know start with like a nice amount of time with our our new baby but um not everyone has that and it's very difficult um to have to go back to work i remember waking up two weeks because two weeks was like a one to two weeks was like a typical um paternity leave before um we were given like this more generous policy and i remember waking up after two weeks thinking I don't know how I would be able to go back to work. Yeah, I remember you saying that too. I was like, it's been two weeks and I'm like, how do people go back to work after two weeks? I, I couldn't do it. And I didn't even give birth. Yeah, it's, it's just really hard to adjust. <laughs> you know, you have this new life. You have this new person who's looking for you for every need. So, mm-hmm. and you're trying to support your partner in it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just say like, you know, as as perennials, you know, we we are so happy to see a lot of positive things on the parenting side of the millennial generation. And I'm so happy that generation Z is coming up and they've outpaced the number of millennials and they're now going to be the most studied generation and the most populous generation. Um, so I'm kind of happy to pass that torch onto them, but we're, you know, we, we forge the way our generation forged the way in new parenting styles and strategies. Not everyone agrees and most people agree and maybe not everyone agrees, but, um, you know, we're, we're forging this, this new way. And as millennials, um, you know, we're just moving, we've moved through life with this huge target on our backs where we're killing all industries, apparently, we're not working enough. We're working too much. We love our phones. We're spoiled. We don't vote. We're politically active. And no matter how you slice and dice these studies, we're just so studied. But I was pleasantly surprised by having all those positive um, articles about parenting among the the millennial generation. Just gives me a lot of hope. Yeah. And I think this is important to know whether you're, you were a parent in the 60s, now or you're going to be a parent in the future you're going to always face people's opinions mm-hmm. and it's important to find what works for you and not really care about whatever what everyone else thinks mm-hmm. i think that's easier said than done but i think that's a great piece of advice to maybe we can just end there <laughs> i guess you know drop the mic drop the mic boom <laughs> uh you know with that that's uh, all for this episode we'll see you next time While You're Napping is a Lilies and Loafers original podcast. It's hosted by me, Fatima. And me, Brian. Original music by Purple Planet. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. 